It's the California Wine Country Podcast with Steve Jackson and Dan Berger. We taste, we laugh, we learn. California Wine Country with Dan Berger. Also joining us today, Barry Herbst from The Bottle Barn. Hi there. And their guests, or their guest, I should say, Ragini Naidu of Naidu Wines in Sebastopol. Hello. Welcome, everybody. Hey there. Dan, you usually start us off with a wine from your private cellars. <laughs> and you have brought a very interesting selection that we're all tasting right now. Tell this us about is, it. This is a 2021 Alan Scott Sauvignon Blanc from New Zealand. And it's brand new. It just came out. They, they harvested this in February. And here it is in the bottle, and it's in our hands, and it's already being distributed throughout the United States. It sells for around $15 a bottle, and it's phenomenal. Alan Scott is, he's called, Alan himself is called the Marlboro Man down in Marlboro because he was one of the first to plant uh, the vines. In fact, in 1973, he planted the first Sauvignon Blanc vines in New Zealand. Yes. Does he have a cowboy hat? He's <laughs> the Marlboro Man. He has to have a cowboy hat, right? There we go. I guess he has a cowboy He has a wonderful <laughs> book called Marlboro Man, which I've read. Oh, wow. Good book. Anyway, this stuff is really good. It's got uh, gooseberries, lime. It's really got a lot of lime in it. But it's also really interesting, and it's rich without it being uh, sweet because mm. it's got so much acidity. The acid in this stuff is really but concentrated. I, I still get the sweetness out of it. Well, there's mm. a trace of sugar yeah. here, but it, it's it's so much beyond where the the acid really covers the it's yeah, a, it's impressive a perfect structure. How would you compare this to say a, a local Sauvignon Blanc? No local Sauvignon Blanc can ever get this kind of an aromatic because the lime character is really a function of the very cold temperatures they have at nights, and along with the winds that go both go east and west. Keep in mind that the South Island of New Zealand is about two hours drive across from one coast to the other. You can drive the entire... I've done the drive. I've done the drive, too. And it's, it's basically two and a half hours from coast to coast. So oh, you're wow. getting uh, marine influences from both directions. So these vines are under a lot of cold stress. Now, how did you get your hands on this bottle? This wine just was landed. They just landed a few cases uh, a few weeks ago to the guy who imports this wine. And the person who used to represent all of New Zealand wine now works for Alan Scott. His name is David Strada. You know David, I'm sure you yeah. met him years ago. And David was up here in Santa Rosa and dropped me a bottle of it, said, you got to try this stuff. It's the best we've ever made. And so I tried it. I, as soon as I tasted it, I said, I'm bringing it to the show. It's killer. <laughs> Barry, have you had a chance to taste it? Yeah, it's impressive. And I know where to get it, so it'll be in the store shortly. <laughs> Yeah, it's a small importer. We don't order from them very often, but I'll make a point after tasting this. And he's got a good Pinot, too. Uh, oh, his Pinot's I've ordered in yeah, a few times. It's reasonably yeah. priced as well. Cool. All right. Well, that's what we've started with. Uh, we're going to move on to our guest, uh, Ragni, uh, of Naidu Winery in Sebastopol. Welcome again. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. <laughs> uh, tell us about your winery. Um, so I will start from the beginning, um, from when I was little in India. I uh, was born and brought up in India, and I grew up in a very um, 
uh, in a family that really loved to host and entertain. And, um, you know, it's part of the culture that I grew up around. Uh, but also my parents took it to the next level where, you know, they love to entertain so much. And my mother was, is an excellent cook. And she, when she traveled, she would bring back seeds from various places and grow them in our big kitchen garden. And then those those items would make it onto the dinner table when guests came over to our place. And uh, they would have very lavish um, get-togethers, you know, various courses of meals and, you know, dr various drinks that were paired with those courses. And so that's really what I grew up around. And um, it had a pretty big impact on my adult life and how, you know, what are the kind of experiences I enjoy. Um, back in 2000, I moved to Australia. I went there to study um, in Melbourne. And uh, I met my husband there, and he too was very much into experiences. You know, we were young, we were exploring ourselves, and uh, the wine country there, you know, w was right there. Although we didn't enjoy it that much because we were, you know, college students at that time. <laughs> but we, you know, found love, got married, moved to the United States, and happened to move to the Bay Area where, you know, Sonoma and Napa were. Um, you know, such a short drive away, and um, you know, every weekend we would we would be up here and just really soak in the wine country lifestyle. Um, you know, we lived in the city, had kids, um, traveled, and each time we traveled, um, it was these wine country destinations that really spoke to us in a very very special way. We cre created a lot of memories there. Um, so it was definitely something in, in the background that's something that we really enjoyed. But in 2018, um, we happened to be on a road trip from Monte Carlo to Barcelona, Spain. And on the way, we did Provence. We made that our little hub to explore places from. And, um, you know, it was one of those moments where our kids were climbing some olive trees and we were in this really lovely estate. And just the... You know, the ambiance, the, the, the everything about Provence just really moved me on a very deep level. And um, I came back, you know, with the decision being made that, you know, we need to have this in our life uh, here. And, it's a, it, and it is so close to us. It's, um, so we wanted to, you know, really prioritize that. And um, within three months, we, you know, I ended up buying uh, this vineyard property. Uh, in in Sebastopol, um, from um, uh, an Italian American uh, gentleman who had you know had the land for over forty five years. He had built this beautiful house there, planted Stunning these property. wonderful. Thank I got you. to visit. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, very passionate about what he had set out to do, and um, you know, it was a really unique place with a really stunning view, an excellent terroir that was already making pretty good wines. And um, it was a really, really special place. And I think it, it, I stumbled upon it and, it and I went for it. Um, and, you know, sure enough, soon after purchasing it, I really soaked it all in and was like, wow, this is, this is truly special. This is not just, not just 
house that I bought and not just a farm that I bought. This is truly collectively a really, really special place. And going back to my childhood of my parents sharing these wonderful things with their friends, that's something that I wanted to do as well. And I wanted to share it with everyone because I didn't want to just keep it for myself. And so I set about doing some renovations, additions, you know, to the property itself uh, so that, you know, other people could come and enjoy it. Thank you. And, um, and then, of course, the, the vineyard uh, was producing excellent quality Pinot Noir Yeah, it was grapes. already going to some pretty well-known wineries, yes. uh, single vineyard bottlings. So. Yes. And, uh, and so, you know, for me, it was really about doing justice to the, I feel like it was a gift that was given to me in my life. Uh, Pinot Noir was always my favorite varietal and you know on many many levels that it just came together for me and um, I, I you know I want to and I feel like it's an opportunity that came into my life a gift that came into my life uh, that destiny gave to me and I would like to do the best I can in showcasing it. And, and, you know, here I am <laughs> with getting my, you know, getting the word You're out. You're on the drive. Uh, yeah. you You're on California wine country. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, uh, you know, and uh, so grateful to be here. And um, I uh, set out to launch my wines in, um, you know, May. It, it was set out to be in May 2020 and uh, come March 15th. <laughs> the whole world shut down, right. at least for us in California. And uh, I had to make a decision. Am I going to do it this year or not? And um, thankfully, uh, w- uh, you know, uh, we, w- we fell under the agri- uh, agriculture, um, you know, industry, and we could still bottle and stuff like that. But um, So I launched my wines on time, despite those circumstances. Um, my... Uh, First Pinot Noir, the uh, you know initial release, uh, sold out fairly quickly, and um, it was very encouraging. And this year, I released uh, other wines. We, we have the Viognier here that was just uh, passed around here. Sorry, and um, along with a rosé of Pinot Noir, and then um, the Estate uh, Pinot Noir as well. Uh, which has been, all of them have been really well received. Um, some of you have already read about my wines, uh, you know, being the yeah. wine of the week at uh, the blind, uh, for, for the Press Democrat, yeah. and, and the Viognier was a runner-up. And Peg did a whole article on you as well. She did, yeah. yes, she did. And it was really wonderful speaking with her and telling her my story. Um, so it's been really encouraging. The Pinot Noir made it to the wine program at Single Thread Farms, which is a pretty, you know, that's huge, huge and very exciting for me. And uh, and I'm just really grateful and proud to be here. And, uh, well, we are delighted to have you here. Oh, thank you. Here on California Wine Country with Dan Berger thank and you. Barry Herbst. And we've been listening to Ragini Naidu. And we have a special guest present, Mr. Christy Mateo. Welcome, Chris. Thank you. Why are you here? Well, I'm on vacation. Okay. <laughs> and if you remember the movie Eraserhead, yes. they said, what did he said, I'm on vacation. Well, I'm here to... You even went for the haircut. 
<laughs> no, he's in full part. I'm here part. to uh, share some wine with you and some beer tomorrow. Excellent. And to visit some friends. Excellent. Well, nice. pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to have you here. And your affiliation with The Drive, for folks who don't know? I do the podcast. There you go. And I also do the Brouhaha podcast. And But previously, I met Steve Jackson and Kathy when I worked for a company that was for a while distributing Steve's show, Swingin' with Sinatra. Right. So Steve and I are both musicians and Sinatra fans. Well, welcome. Thank you. Pleasure mm-hmm. to meet you. What are we sampling? Which one are we tasting right now? This is Viognier. Tell us all about yeah. it, Barry. Well, it, she one. knows more than I do. Oh, I grabbed the wrong bottle. <laughs> yeah, well, being glasses. the right bottle would be helpful for a Viognier. You can tell I'm a seasoned veteran. A Viognier noir. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Would you like to go, or would you? Uh, like? You know more about it than I. I just sell it, which it's done quite well in the store. <laughs> thank you, thank you. This is 2020. All Kick right, Ryan, tell us about it. Yeah. So, um, you know, my Pinot Noir is you know single vineyard and um, you know very special, uh, and that's always something that'll be my flagship product. Um, but I also wanted to, I, I believe my brand is more of a lifestyle brand where people mm. can actually come and stay at the vineyard and, you know, really have that experience. And I want to keep things fresh for my consumers. And I, you know, committed myself to not just doing excellent, you know, wines from my vineyard, but also um, uh, doing uh, wines from other premium vineyards. So this mm. Viognier is from uh, Kick Ranch Vineyard in the Fountain Grove district. I'm sure yeah. all of you are very familiar with that yeah, beautiful vineyard. Yeah, with that now. Yes, and I, you know, decided to do a Viognier because I also wanted to do something different. Each uh, uh, each year, I would like to do a different varietal. Um, that intrigues me, and Viognier certainly did that, and I think it came out just so beautifully. Yeah, I like this one because it doesn't go deep into that super tropical, almost fruit salad where you're getting a lot of, like, banana and peach. It's got hints of all that, but it's really kind of in the background. It's dry and bright and, and clean, where some of the others I've had get a little bit borderline cloying um, and just kind of not that exciting after one glass. This is one I could do easily a few glasses of. Dan, Dan, can you put your popcorn down and tell us about this wine? <laughs> How does it go with the I've popcorn? Been, uh, I've been told by winemakers that an ideal example of Viognier is called Flower Basket. And this wine is absolutely picture-perfect Flower Basket. It has that beautiful aromatic. That Barry talked about the trace of tropical, but not too much. And in fact, if you had too much... The wine becomes almost a parody of Gewurztraminer, and you don't want that. Mm-hmm. What you want is Viognier that smells and tastes like uh, Viognier, mm-hmm. and this <laughs> does. And it's gorgeous. It's absolutely stunningly beautiful wine because the structure is based on really good acidity. That uh, Fountain Grove district is under underrated. Most people don't realize how cool it is up there. Mm-hmm. Chris, yeah. your thoughts? Um, it's delicious. I can't add anything more. That's to all you really expressions <laughs> of well-informed wine science that I'm listening. It doesn't to. stop me from talking, so it shouldn't <laughs> stop you. Well, can we talk about music? <laughs> what music might you play while drinking this wine? I would go with uh, Dave Eustace. That's uh, a good question. Well, let's see. I think this is going in the direction of um, a Mozart. But maybe one of the darker, tastier, maybe the D minor fantasy. 
<laughs> Deep. I was going to go with Debussy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, one of the preludes. Like the, the, the puck stand Sounds prelude. Good. There you <laughs> go, buddy. Nice and light and spry and sprightly. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Mike, please tell me it's time to take a break. I'll, I'll, when I do the podcast, I'll cut into a clip of me playing it. Okay, you're ready to Barry, you say this is available at Yeah, Walmart? we have all three of the wines at the store now. Um, Rosé is right up front when you walk in. Since it was Wine of the Week, we keep all the wines of the week from Press Democrat up there. But then Viognier's in our White Rhone section and Pinot with all the other Pinots. And there's a well-known winemaker that's making these wines, yes, too, right? Yes, uh, And so, you know, another layer to my story is I met my wonderful winemaker, Matt Duffy, through the vineyard. Um, and, uh, you know, he was already making wine from there. And, uh, and you know, I connected with him. I really liked his style. And I think um, also his commitment to quality. And, uh, and it's been a wonderful experience working with him. And he's really able to bring sort of the vision that I have for the wines to light. And, of course, he has so much experience. So I have a really good team in place. And he's been I'm very for, grateful yeah, for that. He, he's, he's, he's been making wine for a long time in this county, and he does a brilliant job. Absolutely. He's, really talented. he's extremely talented. And he knows the, certainly the, it's the Suwatch. The Suwachi Vineyard, yes. Vineyard really yes. well. So I believe he actually started out there. Um, mm. He interned there, and then as he and he's a self-taught winemaker, and he kind of learned a lot there. So it's a really special for me to be, you know, to to have this opportunity, and then for you know Matt to to come in there and and mm. and be a part of the wine brand. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we've all come together for the terroir and for the land, and we're stewards of the land, yeah. and we are trying to bring the best of that piece of land to light, and that's what both of our commitment is, and uh, and I think it shows. Yeah, it's <laughs> a great start, that's for sure. Really good. Ragini, could you take a couple seconds and talk about your experience being a non-traditional winemaker in a very traditional industry? <laughs> Do I only have a few minutes? This <laughs> <laughs> could go deep. Yeah. So you know, I I'm an outsider in so many ways. I you know I'm, I don't come from the industry. I, well, I come to this industry as a consumer, and that's really you know right in the beginning. I I said you know I I'm going to take this. Um, you know, being a consumer in the industry and not being a part of the industry from that uh, level as an advantage. I'm going to see things from a very fresh perspective and I'm going to do certain things the way that it may not be the way it's always been done. Um, and there's obviously something to stay safe for all the traditions and the way things have always been done. But I wanted to take a look at things from a very fresh perspe- perspective. Um, especially for the consumer experience, I felt that I, I want, especially with the, you know with the wine bottles, the design. I wanted it to really what was in the bottle to be just as good as what how the wines were presented. Um, so I, that's that's pretty much where I I limit my outsiderness. I think the other other stuff is you know everybody in this industry is very hardworking, very passionate, and um, you know able to has to make a lot of sacrifices in, in various ways to bring that one bottle out, you know, bo- great bottle mm-hmm. of wine out to consumers. So in that sense, I don't feel that much of an outsider. I feel like that's a connected, shared experience for everybody in the industry. Mm-hmm. But 
it's um it's been wonderful so far and uh i'm just really happy to be here and be part of this this is a dream come true for me um in so many ways and not just one way this i could go on about <laughs> how you know what this means to me on a deeper level but uh, culture and the lifestyle and, yeah and then for to always have have you know these uh, this this experiential thing being such a big part of my life and what i've always pursued and now to be able to do that for others you know that's a very very special thing that i also take very seriously seriously and have a lot of respect for so i always try to put my consumer first and um that's you know however i would present my self or my product to friends and family is how i would like my customers to experience my product um so my brand is very personal you know my name is on the bottle my if you've been on my website my face is right there oh, so yeah, yeah you know <laughs> it's it's i'm not yeah it's this is who i am really this is really an expression in so many ways of of mm. who i am as a person and uh, the feedback has been wonderful so far California Wine Country with Dan Berger and our guest today Ragini Naidu from the Naidu Winery in Sebastopol along with Barry Herbst from Bottle Barn. Barry, what's going on at Bottle Barn these days? Well, we are selling a lot of wine. Uh people are still enjoying beverages heavily, which is good for our business. Uh still cranking rosé out. Most of the center of the store is devoted to that, but we're about to shift over third week of September will be the harvest fair. They're not, unfortunately not having a public tasting this right. year, but uh, the I am judging the second week, and I think the results will be out that third week, and then that whole center of the store will be all the winners, uh, the local winners from the Harvest Fair, and uh, otherwise there's just wine coming and going quickly from all over the world, um, lots of interesting stuff, a lot of sparkling wine right now. Barry, you want to talk about postscriptum? Yeah, my, it, my it, suggestion. Yeah. <laughs> So we, uh, Dan's suggestion, we, a wine we've carried before, a partnership uh, between the Symington family and Bruno Pratt's from Cote Astronol and Bordeaux. It's a uh, Portuguese wine from, I guess, Douro? I, yes, it's from the Douro. From, and it, yeah. it's, made by, it's made by the two great properties, both from uh, uh, other houses. But uh, this one is a blend of uh, Torica Franca and Torriga Nacional, it's a dark red wine. It is phenomenal. Yeah. It would, I, when I first tasted it, I thought it would be 50 bucks. What's your price? Barry? I think we're in the mid-20s, somewhere around there. Killer. So, Killer. All of Portugal, there's some really good deals. So I, First and foremost, I like to support the local wines, but if you're going to stray out into imports, Portugal is a great place to start. Once again, I would remind you, gentlemen, that the name of the segment is California Wine Country. And we have a perfectly good California winery represented in the studio. And we're drinking a great rosé right now. So let's talk about that. What are we drinking? So my my main comment on this is this is not a hot tub rosé or a poolside porch pound or whatever you want to call it. It's like a serious rosé that I'm sure Dan could come up with some great food pairing ideas, but... This is a substantial rosé that's clean, uh, balanced, and full-bodied for a rosé, but not cloying in any sense. Plenty of acid and uh, a lot of complexity. Ragini, what do you want to say about it? I mean, I, what can I say? I think this is a great um, 
wine to get anything started a conversation mm-hmm. a dinner a, you know get together um it's uh it's i think the perfect segue also into into like a, a darker uh red mm-hmm. but it stands alone by itself it's very like Barry said it's very substantial and it's not your it's a serious rosé it's mm-hmm. it's elegant it's serious it can be paired really well with foods as well as just you know enjoyed by itself 100% pinot i should mention too yes, it's not yes it is 100% yeah. a rosé of pinot Abuelo. noir um, and you know i i love the as i mentioned earlier i love the varietal pinot noir and i love to see it in its different expressions and i think that uh, the elegance really comes through here and yeah. uh, I, I love pouring it. That's you have a food thing. pairing, Dan? Yeah. Uh, Dan's been He's chomping at the oh, bit yeah. to talk about a food pairing for this one. <laughs> it's a specialty. He was well, waving his hands wildly across <laughs> my monitor. If this wine were served ice cold, you could use it as a brow refresher on the patio. But it really is, I think, better served at just slightly cool temperatures with poached salmon. Because oh, yeah. the flavors of poached salmon are so delicate and beautiful but they're richer than typical white fleshed fish so therefore what you should be doing is poaching the salmon and serving a wine as gorgeous as this but not awfully cold so you can pick up more of the aroma and then the red wine component of it becomes a perfectly compatible thing with the salmon why can't i grill my salmon you can grill your salmon, but if you get char on it, you're going to start to get in, introduce flavors that are stronger than this wine wants. The, this wine is delicate and and beautifully flavorful all by itself. If you challenge it, you're going to lose some of it in the mouth. Yeah, it wouldn't fight with the poached salmon. It would be more harmonious, I would think. So, I'd like to see a fight with a poached salmon. <laughs> <laughs> that could be entertaining. <laughs> I also yeah, think lost, that the color know, matches. <laughs> yeah, that's it's right. salmon pink. It absolutely is. <laughs> okay. So the aesthetics are in place. Yeah. Chris, any thoughts? It's nice and dry. Boy, you're a man of many words, <laughs> aren't you? <laughs> well, well, his today, is a first glass is empty. Yes. That's all you need. To- <laughs> uh, Rockney, tell us about a visit to the winery. What kind of experience can people expect? I think the best way to visit the vineyard is to come and stay there. That's really So that's an option. It is the best option, and that's mm-hmm. the one that I would, I would, you know, that's the one that I highly recommend. You can, and many people have been enjoying it, especially during this pandemic. Um, it's been the perfect place for them to kind of pod away there, or um, you know, have a little family get together there. So, do Please. they just pitch a tent in the driveway, or what <laughs> no. do they do? <laughs> no, it's um, it's a it's a lovely, luxurious, you know, modern, luxurious home that you can um, uh, you can go to our website and book it directly there. And um, we have a I've remodeled everything. It's got you know brand new bathrooms, you know, updated everything, um, and a chef's kitchen, alfresco dining. You know, it's got the best grill view there. Too and of on course, the property. The, yeah. yeah, the view. There's there's so many views there. Um, mm-hmm. But then there's also this beautiful pool that I put in, and a, a, a hot tub, and a home theater that you can like. It's a full blown home mm-hmm. theater that you can actually. Um, enjoy lovely movies. Um, How many there, guests can you accommodate? Eight. Eight for uh, overnight stay. 
um, and that's usually perfect. For, and it's mm. a very private experience. It's not. A, it's not a very. Com- what I want to offer is a very private experience. You come there. It's just mm. yours. It's private, secluded, in like beautiful, stunning vistas, and um, and 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 a memory that you know you will that will stay with you for a long time. So, from every step of the way with my brand, it's quality over quantity for me. And uh, and people can really experience the terroir there, and mm. um, n- nobody wants to leave, and they come <laughs> back, and that's, that's awesome. awesome. <laughs> and give us a sense of where you're located. We are so the vineyard is located in on Blucher Valley Road, which is I would say southwest of the city of uh, of uh, Sebastopol, and um, it is there's a lot of other vineyards around there, farms. Um, and it's in a very it's in a very farm setting, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is really special because you you're an hour away from San Francisco, like 55 mm-hmm. minutes, and you just feel so removed from it all. And uh, probably 10 or 15 minutes from Sebastopol. 10 minutes, 10 nine minutes, minutes from yeah. the Barlow. And you don't even really know you have yeah. neighbors when you're there. It's really quiet and it beautiful. Is. It is, and. Um, Yes, it's a very it's very private, and uh, it's somewhere where you can really come and relax, and um, you know, just like it's yeah, it's really pretty and uh, relaxed. I, I'm looking at the website under the <laughs> stays, and by the way, the website is naidowines.com. That's spelled N-A-I-D-U wines.com, and the pictures are glorious, and certainly the 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 home that you're speaking of. Looks mighty comfortable, <laughs> and the pool. We have pool to have party a, after the show, guys. Yeah, I was just yeah. going to say you guys have yeah. to come Let's over after party. Let's have a wrap party there. Yeah. <laughs> Can we do a remote from the pool, Mike? <laughs> Can Mike's we work down. it out? Mike's down. Uh, we have one more wine that we're trying. Correct. Yes. yes. This Pino. is the wonderful. Tell us about it, Naidu. This one, I can wax poetic about <laughs> this is my you know very special oh, estate grown Pinot Noir and uh, you know a beautiful pure expression of the terroir and it is and, and you know I'll start with the bot- with the, the bottle I wanted I really wanted it to be something special and you'll see that it's a very unique bottle with the gold wax and um, the crisscross label and then, of course, you pour the wine, and it is this beautiful um, dark cherry, blackberry um, notes, pepper, mm. yeah. and pomegranate. Yeah, a lot of air. you got to talk into the mic, Naidu. Sorry. We can't <laughs> hear yes. you if you don't talk yeah, into the sorry, mic. I was talking yeah. to Barry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we thought we were alone for a second there. Uh, and um, it's... Um, it's, it's something I'm really, really proud of to have my name on this. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. I want to I hear what you all have mm. to say about this. Well, wine. we'll start with Dan because he's yes. the man. Dan? <coughs> the uh, aroma of this wine is very typical of Russian River Valley with the uh, dark uh, raspberry, almost a raspberry and, and strawberry component. But uh, more interestingly to me is the fact that there's a trace of a uh, uh, forest floor mm-hmm. character, almost a Burgundian component, and that is related to, uh, and I don't want to 
imply that I know the winemaking style, but th this is trying to get a little bit more extraction without losing the delicacy. Mm -hmm. So you have density at the same time you have delicacy. That is pretty difficult to do in a, in a red wine like this. Really a wonderful effort. Yeah, I get that forest four more often, yeah. I think, out of Sonoma Coast wines than mm -hmm. Russian River wines, certainly. Yeah. They're just a different, and then that dark black cherry and earth. But the texture is really what I notice a lot in this. Uh, Very rich of, without yeah. it being clumsy. Right. It's really silky. Okay, stand by, folks. Let's hear from Chris. Chris? <laughs> get ready to take notes. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about notes, and uh, let's first listen to the wine mm -hmm. and figure out what key it's in. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, <laughs> I think that this is. We were talking about Mozart and Debussy earlier, and I think this is more Johannes Brahms. This is the Rhapsody, Opus Seventy Nine, Number One. I would have gone with number two. Oh, number two. <laughs> I play number two better than number one. It's, it's a, as complex as this and rich and dark, right. but without being heavy. Because Brahms was the same fellow who wrote the lullaby. Mm -hmm. Very delicate and pretty. But he also had a hard time not writing four-note chords for each hand. So he keeps you really busy. <laughs> Boy, this segment's gone in a direction I never <laughs> expected it to go, folks. Dan, can you translate that into a nice food pairing with this one? Not a chance. <laughs> Other than popcorn, what would yeah, you right. serve this with? Well, actually, I, this is actually a, a richer and more gutsy uh, version of, uh, of Pinot Noir, which is actually, in, in a certain way, this is really a wine for wine lovers who want to age their Pinot Noir. I don't typically age Pinot Noir very long, but if you put this in a cellar for three or four more years and then decant it, think about mm. how well this would go with the end cut of prime rib. Mm -hmm. Ooh. That's the only <laughs> cut of prime rib that I like. <laughs> so perfect. Okay, there we go. Yeah, yeah, and I think cut and prime are redundant. There. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> Barry? I think the Burgundian qualities of this wine would really come out, too. Yeah. Just with four years, and if you got to six or eight, it would really, you'd get that gamey, smoky, earthy qualities. That, and the way the wine is structured, mm -hmm. it's going to age beautifully because it's got mm -hmm. good acidity. Yeah. So if I'm hearing you correct, Dan, you're suggesting that it, we lay it down for a few years, right? That's yes. <laughs> <laughs> what a shock. Yeah, I know. Shocking, folks. Dan would suggest putting a wine away for a while. Uh, Rogany, talk a little bit more about this wine. Um, what can I say? I think everyone should try it. That mm -hmm. would be the first thing that I would say. <laughs> and, uh, you know, come... Come to the vineyard, experience this wine there. Um, and Are you open for tastings? So we're not really open for tastings. Um, it's more, you know, people can come and, in, and stay at the vineyard okay. uh, at this point and, uh, you know, enjoy it on their own there. Mm. Uh, but that is definitely um, something in the works. Down the road. Down mm -hmm. the road. Yeah. Very soon. Very soon. Um but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about this uh, upcoming harvest. It, I'm also very, very anxious about <laughs> it, as everybody else. We're all just keeping our fingers crossed that everything kind incidentally, of goes... Incidentally, I hate to say the phrase upcoming harvest is now passe, 
because this morning I visited oh. Dry Creek Vineyard, yeah. and they celebrated their 50th crush this morning. Oh, wow. yes. Oh, wow. And they, they harvested some Sauvignon Blanc, and they put it into the tank, and they poured over the top of it a bottle of 1972 Dry Creek Vineyard Sauvignon Blanc that they made in 72 50 vintages ago. Wow. wow. <laughs> That's special. It's a good it's run. A, yeah. Harvest has already begun for some people. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it takes, like, I've been seeing it for the last three or two to three weeks. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we are actually the one of the last ones to harvest because we're so close to the coast. Very cool. And yeah. Yes, it's so cool. It's, it's much cooler there. So... Um, and therefore, we end up being more anxious as well. <laughs> along oh, with yeah. that, the longer it takes, it's like. <laughs> and how are your yields this year? I'm hearing a lot of people saying there's been uh, they're lower, lower than normal. Yes, definitely yeah. lower, and which um, helps quality, but not doesn't help the bottom the, line. Doesn't help the bottom much. line, which is okay in my case because mm-hmm. for me, it's about the quality always. Right. Um, but you know, uh, last year was a difficult year where mm-hmm. you know so many of us, you know, we lost our grapes so let's hope you know and pray that doesn't happen this year um and uh and and you know let's see it to the finishing line (laughs) Um, you you mentioned the blucher valley blucher Blucher valley i am not familiar with that locale dan what do you know about the blucher valley it's just a little what is it west and south i guess yes southwest yeah of of sebastopol it's it's an area that uh, doesn't have very many homes in it, so you won't hear very much about it. But you'll find some beautiful land there. If anybody still wants to invest, there's the place to put Pinot Noir. It's gorgeous I, country for Pinot Noir. I mm-hmm. believe it's either Kendall Jackson or I believe Kendall Jackson has 400 acres of Pinot Noir planted right across. Like the view from our property mm-hmm. is 400 acres of Kendall Jackson Pinot Noir. So it's a lot of vineyards. Yeah. Around it's cool area. enough to it's cool enough to re- really make a beautiful Sonoma Coast style of wine, and and there are properties in there that I've been told make really spectacular single vineyard stuff, but I I haven't seen anything just yet. They won't mm. let you in. Mm. <laughs> Closed community to those of us who write about wine. <laughs> no, no, no. I, you have to come and visit. I, you absolutely have to come and visit because it's. A place where you can actually see why Pinot Noir does so well there. Yeah. You know, you have these, the fog. I mean, I have videos of the fog literally doing a dance in the morning. Nice. You know, it'll come up almost part, part to the, of the house. Part of those vineyards could easily qualify because of the fog as a Russian River Valley area. But for some reason, they were never included in the Russian River Valley Appalachian, but they're now called Sonoma Coast. So actually... Hmm. My vineyard is both Russian River Valley and Sonoma Coast. But I chose to go with Sonoma Coast because it's only like eight miles west. It's more mm. representative of the of the AVA. Yeah. But, uh, but you really see that, you know, the fog kind of dancing in, coming forward, going back, coming forward, the afternoon winds that cool the grapes down. Mm. Um, and um, uh, it, it's a great place to see all of that happening. And we did actually experience that last year when the pandemic hit. We happened to be there and couldn't leave. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, you know, watched spring happen at the vineyard. Literally, you know, within mm-hmm. two weeks, everything was happening. And it was it was such a wonderful experience. So it's a great place to actually see how mm-hmm. it all all comes together 
and it's a very connected experience for people. So place to get stranded. I- exactly. <laughs> if you want to know how you know grapes are 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 you know where your wine comes from, a lot of people. I know for you guys, it's obviously you know you're in this a lot, but for many many people, they don't really. The, the it's a wine bottle and you know grape farm. It, it's it's vineyard is it's very two very different things. But to actually show them, hey, this is what it takes to bring this one bottle of wine out mm. to you and the amount yeah. of hard work it takes, the amount of people that are involved in this, you know, from the growing of the grapes to then making the wine to then bottling it to then, you know, uh, bringing it out, shipping it to you, marketing it to you. It is, it is, I don't know how many industries all rolled into one, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And um, so it's a, a, no wonder wine is such a special um special experience for people it did you know for centuries it's been that way um, and uh, I'm just yeah I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that I can be a part of this uh, experience bringing it out to mm. others back on California wine country with Dan Berger and our guest Barry Herbst of the Bottle Barn and Ragini Naidu of Naidu Wines that's spelled N-A-I-D-U and their website is naiduwines.com Dan final thoughts on these wines we've been sampling today well, they're impeccably made. I mean, Mike W. is a really talented guy, and these wines really represent the varieties uh, perfectly and their regions, of course. The, <clears throat> the Viognier is surprisingly uh, fascinating wine. Uh, the uh, Rosé is uh, a classic example of a, a really high-quality Rosé, but this Pinot Noir is really over the top in terms of overall quality. This is a very, very high-quality project, and it's really uh, a a real testament to how Rogany has uh, put this thing together because it's all about quality. It has nothing to do with uh, image or anything else. It's all about quality, and, and I'm thrilled to, to try these wines. Thanks. And, Thank Barry, you. all these wines are available at Bottle Barn. They are, and I'm glad to be selling them now that I got to taste them again. I, you know, I was at the vineyard last time, so maybe I was a little influenced, but now <laughs> tasting them again at the radio station, these are definitely the real deal, and... Uh, quite impressive wines and i feel uh, lucky to be selling them and chris how is it to sit during california wine country it's a great pleasure because my i'm i'm listening to everybody cutting up all the episodes every week and i'm <laughs> actually here this is mind blowing. part of the action <laughs> you can put faces to the voices it's terrific there you go. rodney your last thoughts well, thank you so much to all of you for including me here. I really appreciate it. And big thank you to Bottle Bond for, you know, bringing in my wines. And uh, I'm, I'm really grateful for everybody that I work with. And, you know, I have a vision and I'm going to stick to it and I'm committed to it. And uh, I'm, I'm very excited about what the future holds. And um, I hope to see, a, you know, see a lot of people drinking my wine. Um, in you know, as things progress, and uh, well, there's five of us in the studio right now doing that. There you go. <laughs> and I hope to be back here on your show Absolutely. very soon. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't had the full experience till Steve Jackson has interviewed you on yeah, California right, there Wine. You go. <laughs> All right, folks, we're out of time. Thank you for joining us again. NaiduWines.com. N-a-i-d-u Wines.com.